0: (laughs) welcome to the craft it out podcast where we cry while we laugh or sometimes laugh until we cry and this is something i like to call crafting hi my name is emerson Sauer, and whether you're laughing or crying i'm so glad you're here and if you're not do better okay first off i just wanted to say thank you to everyone who listened to the first episode because of you we are now doing a second one so i apologize for that Today, I have two very special guests. They're my favorite people in the whole world, as long as they uh, give me what I want. And that is my mom, Shauna Sauer, and my grandma, Suzanne Jensen, a.k.a. Susie. Say hi, everyone. Hi. Hello. So, in order to understand um, why I am the problematic child that I am, let's first start with my mom explaining who she is, and things will make a lot more sense. Take it away, Shana.
1: Um. Okay, well, I am Emerson's mom, so obviously I must have a sense of humor <laughs> and a lot of patience. Um, I am the mom of five, and all of them have a snarkiness to them, which I, I have learned over the years is how we cope with our issues.
0: Okay, Susie, now it's your turn.
2: As the grandma, I'm a mom of five. And I think my children have a sense of humor that's probably sometimes a little, <laughs> a little only a family can understand. And I I think a lot a lot of you might have that. You, you just it's how your family interacts, but it's also a way that that we have coped with tragedy. And and tragedy's been at our door more
0: than once. So basically what you guys are saying is we're kind of messed up and we all probably need to be seeing a therapist because we only cope with sarcasm. Well, I'm not sure
2: I'm ready to give you a lot of business before you get your degree, but,
0: <laughs> but
2: I, I think it's a normal. I think it's a normal way that the body, I think the body can only take in so much. And when you reach that point, then sometimes you do just the just opposite. Instead of crying, you laugh.
1: Well, and don't you think though, I mean everyone kind of has different. Some people when they get sad, they get sad and they go fall into a deep depression. We tend to use our humor to kind of um you know, have that bounce off of. And so we don't um I mean I don't think that I have suffered from severe depression, but my sense of humor is still intact. So exactly. I Exactly. Exactly. make I... jokes to to deal with things.
2: And and it may and we may have just prolong the inevitable of, <laughs> of needing counseling at some point sure.
1: we'll but I, I don't
2: think we're an unusual family i think that we're a family of um, i would beg the, to differ the, oh well i'm sure you would but the ki- you have to admit your parent your mom and your your aunts and uncles are pretty high achievers they are they're all college graduates they they they've done well and i think that uh, i think we're resilient we're pioneer stock. We're pioneer stock. Let's that's that's my, my contribution to this, is oh. giving you pioneer stock.
0: Oh blessings! <laughs> yes. Can't wait for all the hate comments we're gonna get with that comment. <laughs> but we actually have something pretty special here today. This is three different generations. So we have the silent generation, which is grandma. She has not mastered that phrase yet. And then we have <laughs> we have my mom's a gen x i guess so you tell me or whatever you know the ones who raise millennials is and i'm a gen z so we have three very very different generations and things that these generations have dealt with and so we want to spend time talking about what grief has looked like for them throughout their life and how that differs from each of our generations because let's be honest um pretty sure most of them hate Gen Z, can't disagree with that, but we all handle things differently and we all do certain things better than other generations as we have continued to learn and grow from the generations before us. So grandma, what was your first experience that you remember of grief? I
2: lost my favorite aunt when I was 14 and uh, she never had children. And so my little sister and I were kind of We'd go stay at her house, and Aunt May was an educated woman for her time. This was this was in the '50s that she died, and uh, and at the time she was Aunt May was probably in her 70s at least, but she had had a, a fair amount of education and she had written newspaper articles, and I thought she was just great. And when she died, I really lost a, a close female, as close to a grandmother because I had never had any living grandmothers. I had one grandmother who I, who was, I saw just a few times. Uh, the rest of my grandparents were pre-deceased my birth. But the first real grief that I met, my dad was sick for many years and he had an autoimmune disease. And he died 11 days after I turned 18. And I was going to I would I graduated in June. And I can remember we were at the house and then some of the neighbors were there. And for some reason I think they were giving me a permanent. We did permanents in those days. Amazing. Those are perms. Yeah. Yes. Okay, like yeah. curly hair. Like curling. Okay. Yes. Got and it. and it and and I had a lot of that hair to curl. And we were in the dining room and mom and and some of the other ladies were in the living room. And, and we started giggling. And I don't know what it was about. And my mom came over, she called me Sue. she said, that's, you know, it was it was not probably appropriate having just lost my dad. That was the first display that I saw in myself of sometimes how I handle grief. I handle grief with shock, with tears, but I won't I won't fall down over it. I I will laugh first.
0: So was that kind of the time of the generation, like making sure you your grief was displayed versus ignoring it? I and I don't know. Unless
2: unless I, you know, I could have I could have been a little loud. It could have been a loud laugh and and, and uh we weren't uh my dad's family was very outgoing, loud, somewhat like like my family and and your family is, Em. Uh, so I, that's what I was subjected to. And my mom's family, they were quieter, but they loved to laugh. Uh, I I had great great family. Grew up in in such neat families, and and they were different. But I learned a lot from, from all of them. And uh, uh, I, I can remember when my dad lost his brother and his brother was younger and he just went quiet. It was just very quiet and I saw that grief I don't think anyone gets an education in grief before it hits, it just hits you. And I remember the grief when I learned that Taylor had been killed. And I don't know how long into the night Cliff and I sat in the living room, not saying a word. We didn't say a word, we just sat. And I can remember finally saying, I'm going to go take a bath. And I did, and then we went to bed for a while and got up and came up to your home. It was just, it was too deep to express. There weren't tears. There was just stoicism.
0: You know, I don't think, I was talking to one of my cousins about this the other day, that none of us have really got into the details of how all of us reacted to Taylor's death. So I didn't know any of that. So Susie mentioned losing her dad at the age of 18 and 23 or so years later, mom, you lost your dad at the age of 14. So what
1: was that experience like for you of
0: losing your dad during that time in your life?
1: Well, I mean, it was, it was hard. It was, that was, I had lost grandparents. I'd lost my, my dad's mom just, um, four months before that. So my granny. And, um, and, and that was, it was hard. I, that was kind of my first, um, real, real, uh, dealing with death first real time, really dealing with death, someone close. And so then just from January 1st to May, um, my dad and, and it was a little bit different, uh, circumstances cause my dad had committed suicide. Um, so which just kind of adds another layer to it. But, uh, I remember, uh, I, it was the day before the last day of school and I remember the phone call, my mom getting the phone call and I remember hearing her and just from her response, um, I knew that something had happened to my dad and I remember running outside and just kind of just losing it outside on the grass. Uh, I had, because it was the, the day before the last day of school, I had tests the next day and, and I just, I don't know why we decided, but I, I was like, I, I got to go to school and do, I thought no one's really going to know. So if I can just keep it together, you know, do my, my tests, and because it was the last day of school, not we didn't have tests in every class. And I remember in one of the classes, um, a few people knew. People that, because I think the death notice had come out that morning. But no obituary or anything. So for the majority of people, they didn't know. But I'm, I'm going to guess because some of my teachers um, had said, you know, I'm so sorry about your dad. So I didn't know if they had let teachers know or whatnot. I, did you call the school? No. Okay. So we'd kind of, it had been kind of quiet my uncle, I remember my uncle Mark came up and he came in and talked to all of us before we left for school. And my uncle Mark was just looked so much, reminded me so much of dad. But when we got to school, you know, I did, and I was kind of to myself, my friends knew, um, and I'm sure they probably, you know, got the word out, but in one of the classes, they'd kind of had like a party end of the year party. And, and I remember kind of forgetting about my sorrow and kind of You know, enjoying. I'm a freshman in high school, and you know, laughing and truly the prime of your life. I completely and I started laughing, and I remember then, you know, after kind of collecting myself, going, "What are you doing, Shauna? I mean, you just lost your dad. Why are you laughing and having a good time with your friends?" And I carried that for a long time, and it was some time. It was even after I think we lost Taylor that I thought, no you're you're going to react how you react and it's okay to feel those emotions there's no rule book on how you react to grief and if and i i have told friends who have lost loved ones i said you get to feel however you want to feel if you want to ball up in a corner and go and you know eat cookies and just sit there and cry for i mean at some point you're going to have to get yourself up
0: I don't think that's necessary
1: uh, to get yourself no, up. You
0: just sit there and you continue. To, you no, no, it's... no. I'm
1: saying like if you're moving into weeks, you know. I'm uh, again, say... <laughs> again, I Do not say that. I think you're both a little <laughs> loony. But I, you get to feel however you want to feel, and I, I think I was pretty. I was a pretty mature 14 year old, and yes. losing my dad, I think, made me even that more mature. I've had friends tell me from high school. You just always had your sister with you. You had things that you did around the house. You just seemed so much older. And and I thought, well, that's just, I think part of it's my personality, but part of it's probably my situation. And I grew up pretty quick. So when I had friends who were struggling with leaving for school or, you know, doing some of those big moments, I mean, I was I was prepared. But losing dad was just, it was, it was tough but you know now looking back on my life i just think it prepared me for probably my biggest my biggest trial i don't know how
2: how prepared we can ever be but i think that being raised by me i can see in my children a kind of a a strength that that was handed down to me. And and we're still of a generation. You were raised by a generation that was, you know, born in the 40s. Um, and it was different then. It really was. But to say that we didn't grieve, no, we grieved no, as we much grieved. as anyone grieves today. We just... We we're just, not big public We channel that we're not public wait, grievers. what do you mean? And, you didn't
0: like... I guess you didn't have Facebook, but you didn't take the newspaper and see it. Oh my gosh! Pray for me. I need it. I can't get out of bed today. You didn't go around doing no, that. No, and that's okay if up. people do that. But I post it, is it?
1: your
2: little
0: sarcastic oh, we, there. <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of like my trademark, Grandma. Come on. No,
2: we
1: we didn't. We didn't. That, but I think but that's... that was
2: our that was our generation,
1: and. Because I I was raised by that generation, you were raised. I don't uh think I probably acted and reacted to things in the same way that probably kids my age did. I seemed I was that pioneer stock. But But I think we stop
2: (laughs) seeing. Well, but it it it, (laughs) it, well (laughs) it is, but it's a it's just a, a a quiet resolve,
1: and but some people take it as not. You don't have emotion. You don't and, and that's deal not with true. You that's don't... not
2: true. We felt we felt very deeply, and we felt very deeply for a long, long time. Even now, uh, your dad has been gone what uh, forty almost, 40, almost years. forty years. It'll be 40, 37 years. And I I reflect back on that even now. Uh, we were divorced at the time but we were we were raising five children we we co-parented and i reflect even now back on that so that grief has stayed has stayed with with our family a lot of years because if we sit down and if we were to sit down in a group and start talking
1: about it there would be tears Well, I, dad still comes up in conversations and and things that I, I still think it probably, I don't remember, um, any of us going, I remember years later when I was kind of struggling, I had gone to a counselor and, um, I'd had a lot of medical issues and I was just having a little bit of a, (laughs) just a meltdown, bad time. And, um, I remember I went to a counselor and you have to do all the background work, you know, all the background. And I said, you know, I kind of said, well, you know, my parents divorced and then my dad, you know. And I went through this whole thing, you The know, poor therapist I, said, I can't. The therapist, I can't when I got case. to current time, you know, to, okay, what are you here to talk to me about? He said, okay, now, and let me get this right. You've never seen a counselor <laughs> up to this point. And I said, uh, you know, thinking, well, no, you know, I just dealt with it and. He, um, so then that was kind of my first indication of, oh, so maybe I have had some major things. Maybe I have had some trauma in my life that I kind of maybe didn't call it that.
0: Both of you have mentioned that you, you grieved, but you didn't necessarily talk about it as much with, you've mentioned to me, you didn't talk about it much between family members during that time. And I know we, as a family, we... With my brothers, we didn't really go into our feelings. So why is that? Why do we still feel all those things, but especially in your guys' generation? My generation's all about sharing our feelings. We might be doing it with like uh, our tongue sticking out and making weird noises, but we talk about our feelings. You overshare. Okay, well, teach their own. Remember the silent generation. Thank you. But your generations didn't talk like mental health wasn't really talked about no, very much it wasn't so what do you why do you think that is and is that a good thing is it a bad thing what do you think about that? i i can tell you for my
2: for my part in it exactly i was raising five children i was a sole provider um boss babe for sure it 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 was we we just simply did not have the funds to, to be in counseling, nor did we really have, did I ever see the kind of behavior exhibited by any of the kids that would indicate that they needed counseling at that time? Should they have had it? Probably so. Probably so. Should have had counseling my generation and generations before me don't think that a a doctor in a that that goes into your life experiences is probably a a high a high
0: because it's not a high status thing
2: well right. it's not it's probably not high on your need list
1: is that going to squash your education?
0: <laughs> Twelve thousand
1: dollars down the drain makes a lot, Grandma. Well, I think at the same time, I, I, I definitely think there's a balance because I think right now the generation, you know, definitely overshare. I I agree with my mom, but that's because I think differently. Um, the overshares, but I think we can learn. I know that we have had with with my kids, we have had some great conversations around the table talking about reliving the whole night of Taylor's death and it's i think it's great because like you know there's daughter-in-laws that weren't part of our family and and i mean i the last time we did that i thought oh i i forgot that you know josh and whitney had moved back home for you know he had dropped out that semester and i just had completely Forgot, But I remember that there was someone in Taylor's room, you know, and I, you kind of forget some of that. So it kind of keeping the story straight, you know, to make sure you're, because some of those facts, um, that's our history and it, it needs to go forward. It needs to be told correctly. And, um, and so I, I, I think it's important to talk about it. I mean, obviously I talk about it a lot. My grief with doing the presentations. And I think that's been very healing for me to just get it out. I mean, I always tell the kids when I, I said, you're, you're my cheap therapy. So thank you. My husband appreciates it. Um, because <laughs> those kids don't, <laughs> Yeah, the kids are like, shut her up. But it, it, I, we, you know, I let, I get it out. I get it out.
2: And I think that's, I think that's a lot of it. Uh, I have been to a counselor, uh, before, before, Shauna's dad and I divorced. We we did have counseling, and uh, I think counseling is is a absolute beneficial uh, step to take in 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 it really issues that you're unable to resolve. But I will tell you that I believe that our outlook on grief you have layers. You have layers in your in your mind and if i don't trip over it, something that's fairly trivial that i see a lot today people getting really upset over something and i'm thinking why but if you go deep enough you can trip me i, I will trip and and uh last night as i listened to your mom give the presentation i saw the re- the pictures from the funeral and I tripped last night. I could, you just that raw grief comes back.
1: I took note, and I said, sin, "Never have look come to a and presentation again." Don't look again. at
2: me when I am sitting there in my little ball. But I did, and and I went back. I went back ten years ago, and I felt that grief.
0: So you're saying you're human. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? You know I'm
2: human. You like
0: me. Well, I think both of you have been through harder things than a lot of people will ever deal with in their life, and um, you know I like to use the word seasoned. You're very seasoned in this life. You've experienced a lot of things, but I think it's important. One thing I do like about my generation is I agree. I do think we overshare. I don't care about what you're eating. I don't care about when you went to the bathroom. I, I Don't tell me that. That's weird. Do I tell my mom that? Sure. But that's because that's how we are. But I do think it's good that we take time to sit with our emotions. And I'm not saying you have to go to a counselor. I do think that's beneficial, and I think they can get you on the right track. But sitting with your emotions and letting yourself feel, instead of busying yourself through 10 years of grief, to then one day break down. I'm not saying you, either of you did that, but that happens to a lot of people, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of people in your generations were, I mean, it could happen in mine too, I'm not saying it can't, but it's more common in an older generation is that they just, something happens and they just, well, rub some dirt on it, let's just keep going. Yeah. And that unresolved trauma leads to trauma in their kids because they didn't work through their stuff And then they went and raised kids without resolving their trauma, kids feel that. Other people in your life feel it, whether you want to admit it or not. So how do we change talking about grief and talking about mental health, talking about feelings to be something that isn't weak or isn't stereotyped as a negative? How do you do that? How have you changed that mindset?
1: Well, I think I think being your mother and talking to you a lot about you've, you've helped me a lot, see, uh, you know, different views. I think, I think that we can learn from every generation. You said that at the very beginning, um, because I like to think that when I am having, you know, a rough time or a rough day, instead of sitting there and I will sit in my, I have my sad moments and you know that I, you know, get in the car. I have, playlist of just all the songs from Taylor's funeral, you know, and I'll go have my moment. But when I am really at a bad point, I try and turn it and I'll try and do service or I'll try and do something, um, to take the mind, you know, to take it off of me because I think that there's a balance between grieving and sitting in it for a long time. And I think people tend to and and you know the experiences that we've had with other parents who have lost children uh people will sit in it for a long time and they they don't always come out of it i I said last night in my presentation, I'm still broken and but i I think I deal with it pretty healthy in a healthy way, so where do you find that balance? I mean I think from the older generation, you do get that resilience you that's what you guys offer to the to the plate is you're like, but there's sometimes you got to just get up and you got to move forward. You don't, you can't sit there forever because it can only, you know, it'll just fester and just eat at you. It's, it's that whole mindset of get it off of yourself. You've got to take care of yourself. Yes. And so I think there's balance between all of that. you got to self care and take care of yourself, but at the same time, maybe think of someone else or think of how is this affecting someone else or how is is my wallowing is that affecting my children is that affecting my loved ones because what is what good is it doing it's not going to bring them back
2: no i agree i agree and and you know i go back and now i go back and i think of of good times i don't think of necessarily the incident that took them from us i think of i think of prior times and i have from alan's family you know how his family has told told us time and time again alan would be so proud of how you've raised the children and what they what they've accomplished these kids they they really i helped them but they they worked their way through college and they they've achieved a great deal i think that when I go back now, I go back just in times of quiet when I'm alone. And and uh, I don't necessarily I don't think of the moment, I just think of the of the good times. And it's it's warm. It's a warm feeling. It's a it it brings me a, a great deal of just just peace because that person was important to me. And when I think of them, I'm I believe my faith tells me that they 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 know they know that I'm thinking of them.
1: Oh Susie, you're so cute. Oh, I know I do I, think you the, didn't say that I couldn't get soppy now and again. The perspective part of it I think is is a big um that's an a integral part of of the whole grief because I mean one of my really good friends in the you know in our line you know, the funeral line of them people coming in and talking to us, you know, with with a casket in between, you know, Clay and I. Um, She said, aren't you so lucky that you got 18 years with her? And I have held on to that because I thought I am lucky that I got 18 years. I could sit here and cry and be so sad that I don't get to see her get married and have children, but I got 18 years with her. And they were, well, they weren't always... They were some tough (laughs) years. I still remember when she threw that chicken sandwich and that ketchup was just smeared. There was some tough years, but and you know what? And I got to see her. She had some rough years, and we really had to work through them. But but when she left, she was in a good place. She was in such. She was. I I I think I'm more sad about the time that we could have right now. The friendship. The because I see the friendship that I have with my adult children. And, you know, as much as me and Emmy run around and do things together that I think I I miss that. But it's, I do, I try not to let it, I try not to sit in that because I think, but I still got it for 18 years. You did. And, and I look it,
2: at families that don't have a child no. for that long. They lose a child through devastating illness. And I think I'm grateful. I got that.
1: So perspective is a big part.
0: I think I've been very grateful for the way I was raised because, you know, these two great seasoned ladies let me be a little bit of a brat and let me get out my pain through my sarcasm and they just kind of take it. They also call me out on it, but they let me express myself in the sarcastic way that I do, Um, but they also question me and make me wonder why am I acting this way, what is causing me to have these feelings, what is causing me to lash out, and so I think that's important when you're talking with someone who is dealing with grief or just lost someone or lost their home or or just experiencing loss in general is that just love them, love them exactly the way they are, and let them have those moments while also being a friend enough to push them to come to an understanding. And when I say push, um, I can be a really blunt and pushy person, but you need to realize you need to meet people where they are and get on their level and bring them up with you. And that includes working through grief. And so I'm so grateful for Susie and Shauna for being here with me today. Do you guys have anything else you want to say before we um, make these people's ears stop bleeding? They're probably dozed off by now, but you do have a very um, calming voice. You oh, oh, it like, oh, very cool. Cool. Yeah, I mean, kids like, used to my, think it was kind of, you know My white noise machine will be grandma talking to me. It wasn't your voice. You could snap in a way
2: that I, I knew snap, I was as yes, soon as we got home yes, from church it, it I was would, in big trouble. You know, just don't give up on people. And if I had anything to do over, I would I would have more clear closely monitored my children as we went through this grief. And and we would sit down and talk more. Um, and, you know, interestingly enough, we've had a, a situation in our family that we are talking more. And we are, you can open up, I'll be, I'm almost 79 years old. You can, you haven't put this out. People <laughs> don't know where I am or anything. <laughs> but you can learn new new ways to to handle situations as a family. And for that, I've, I've, I'm i grateful for that. I've I've learned a lot. And I appreciate you having me.
0: Appreciate you having kids so
1: I could be here. <laughs> That's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> Anything you want to say, Mom? I think just kind of going off of moms that I think we can learn. I've learned a lot from, from Emmy. Um... Because I I just think I'm a mini Sue's, And so, I mean, I think I look at the world a lot in the same way that you did because I watched your, just your strength and you get through these tough, tough times. And I thought, well, and I'm kind of one of those. If she can get through it, then so can I. And I think that's just kind of how I've lived my life. Now in that process, have I sometimes gone, oh, I probably missed out on getting closer to someone or, or, um, we are very snarky and we don't really share our emotions, but saying Mm -hmm. I love you more, you know, Taylor, Taylor was a big hugger, a big, you know, love you mom. And we, I watched all the war side and they're like, oh, are we hugging now? You know, it's very, I wish that I had done more of that. Um, you know, and told, I think if I was to go up and tell any of my kids, oh, I love you, they'd look at me like, w- what do you want? You know, it's, and I, I'm a, I'm a doer, I'm not a sayer. And I, I've always kind of been that I just think words are words, but you know, I can show you what you mean to me. And I, I wish I'd done better at having a balance between the two. So, I mean, there's definitely, there's definitely things. I'm still learning, learning about how to deal with situations. I think the sitting and listening is a big part and not judging. I'm working on that too.
0: It's tough. It's a tough one. But I hope, you know, my three people that listen to this podcast, I hope you take what these people, have, these women have said and you learn something from it. And if you don't think you can learn something from it, you're an actual idiot because it's a lot of wise words that have been said here. None from me, but a lot from them. So thank you for listening. Please um, like, follow, share this podcast, um, unless you want it to be done, which can't blame you for that. Um, Feel free to DM me on Instagram at esour2 for any stories you have about grief, and we'll talk about it. So thanks again. Have a good day. Make someone laugh. Make someone cry. Do both at the same time. And we'll see you again next time.
1: Love you, Emmy. Love you, Mom.
0: (laughs) You.